Join Rabbi Dr. Reb Mimi Feigelson as she blends stories, teachings, and spiritual direction, inspiring us to inscribe ourselves in the book of life and living. One of the world's most vibrant teachers of Hasidut, this podcast celebrates the life and teaching of Reb Mimi, an essential link in the chain of the Hasidic rabbis who preceded her. Welcome back to the Maharal and to Hasidic Chabura and to Mishnah Aleph of, of Masachat Avot. The question I pose for us to be learning today is when does revelation get personal? And in the context of all the questions that the Maharal posed, his whole 21 questions on this one Mishnah, one of them had to do with Kibbet Torah, Moshe Kibbet Torah. And that is very specific. And it should have really, should have really, it could have really said, Moshe Kibel Torah, Makadosh Bochu. Right? Moshe didn't receive Torah from Har Sinai. It would appear personified, a mountain that speaks. I mean, we have, we have, we have, we have, we have cows that speak, and we have chamor, bilam's chamor that speaks, right? So we have animate um, elements in our tradition that actually speak, nonetheless. So this is going to be his jumping board to think about, well, why does the Mishnah tell us that Moshe received Torah misinai? Omnam anirei baru ma'sha'amar Moshe kibel Torah misinai, ki en lo ma'rakach. כי באלו המקבלים שזכר אחריו, דהיינו, הוא מסרה ליהושע ויהושע לזקנים, הנה יהושע תלמיד למשה. So we have already asked ourselves that question in terms of the progression of the transmission and not all the elders were one group, not all the prophets were one group, and Rashi brings the whole list, and this whole question of like there were no kings mentioned, and everyone that survived Sefer Shoftim, somehow didn't make it into this Mishnah. Imagine, you survive Sefer Shoftim, <laughs> and you don't make it into Masechet Avot. Really? So we have to ask ourselves something about the nature of this relationship. And the word that he enters into our dialogue here is the word Talmid. Student. And what does it mean to be Talmid? Imagine you could have Talmidah's occupation, right? Um, yesterday was Reb Shlomo's Yortzeit, and um, a very lovely article came out um, in Israel on the Avichai website and in Hebrew. And, um, and I spoke about what it means to be a Talmidah and what, what it means to be a student, what it means to walk in the world as a Talmidah, what it means to walk in the world as a student. And a share that on the papers of the Chaber Kadisha, um, it says family relationship. You sign your name and then you sign, it says family relationship because the assumption is that the person who's dealing with the plot is actually a family member. So I wrote Talmidah because that's my family relationship um, with Rav Shlomo. So I want you to see here, there's a word that the Maharal is reading into the Mishnah that wasn't there. 
and that's the notion of student, of Talmud. Yoshua was Moshe's student. Right? There's, I want to say there's a uniqueness, miuchad, designated, singled out, special, appointed, or all these different words that we can use when thinking about yichud, a unique coming together, a unique union. Right? So there's a way in which Rip uh, um, Shema would say, <coughs> Everyone has an address, but not everyone has a home. Right? And uh, we didn't learn last week because it was Ignang's funeral. And yesterday morning, Susie and her sister Eva um, got up from Shiva. And um, before they walked out of their home for the first time, after getting up from Shiva, I spoke and shared some words of Torah. One of the things that I shared is that um, Ignag lived in Susie's home for the last years of his life. I don't know even, I don't think I knew him not living in, um, in her home. And I said to her that I want to believe that her home will always be Ignag's home. It's true that he has a new address. <laughs> right? Where he was buried? and where there'll be a tombstone that will put his name there, that's his address. But his home will always be her home where he lived. That's the way I start to understand what this yichud is about, what this uniqueness (coughs) is about. So I want to say we can learn from everyone, and I want to pray that we do learn from everyone. But there's what I call teacher little t and teacher capital T, and there's what I call um, what I call rav little r, little aish, and what I call rav capital race. And those aren't one of necessarily one of the same. That is how I begin to understand what this yichud means. What what, what kind of relationship we're asking, we're asking for, and what kind of relationship we're talking about. So therefore, he says, there, it's also about the, it's not only about the Talmud to the Rav, it's also about the Rav to the Talmud. Right? What about this shining element, this relational element, what and what does how does a talmid bring out their their ravs? I want to say ravness, right? And you'll find, you know, in the same way that you'll find that certain friends they demand of you to ask certain kinds of questions. Certain texts demand of you to ask certain kinds of questions. Certain relationships demand of you to be in a certain way. I want to say, God willing, you, I, I'm sure you know, some of you have already experienced it and will, will experience it in your lives. Certain students, they demand of you to be in a certain way in the world as a Rav, as their teacher. 
right? They ask of you certain kinds of questions. That's what we're talking about here. We don't merit to learn from every person. I love how he uses here the word zoche. You know, I once, um, I once dated someone who I'm still very close with. He's like a, like a brother to me. And, um, and one of the things that I loved about him was that he said um, that he has an aspiration to be able to daven in every shul. Not something that I can do, to be honest. Um, but I love that about him, that for him, that was really important, that he felt that the way he walked in the world was he wanted to be able to daven in any shul. And here, we don't merit, he says, Ki lo mikol adam adam lilmud. We don't merit to learn from everyone. Imagine what it would be like to walk in the world thinking, I can actually learn from every person. Like, what kind of process in our own mind and in our own heart would it take of us to be able to embrace people and engage with people with that kind of consciousness? And therefore, every Talmud has a designated Rav. So that also means that everyone is Talmudable. <laughs> right? You may ask, do, is it, do you need unique kinds of gifts in order to be a, a disciple? Right? And that's another word I want to introduce here, disciple. What it means to be someone's Talmud. Right? There's a conscious, what does it mean to do, to, a conscious act to become someone's Talmud? To become someone's Talmudah, what does that mean? How does that happen? What is, it, what is being asked of a person? But every person, yes, the whole Talmud, Rav Miuchad, but every person does have someone. Right? Every person does have someone who they can learn with. And it was sometimes, really, what we're talking about is we're talking about sometimes it can be a question of tonality. Not that the words change, but how they're said sounds different, resonates differently. That's also true. The same book, the same wisdom, right? My famous Shalom Bayit story. Yes? So, for a moment, my famous Shalom Bayit story is when I was in eighth grade, the Rav B'Tzefil, the rabbi of the school, he collected, we were the seventh, eighth, and ninth grade, the Frum girls class together. And I remember at one point he said, why did Adam eat from the tree of knowledge? And then he said, Shalom bite. That's why Adam ate from the tree of knowledge, right? He was, like, he was like, really, he was trying to appease his wife. And I remember I was 12, seventh grade, I was 13, eighth grade, I was 13. I'm thinking there, really? This is what you want to be teaching 13-year-old girls? <laughs> this is the model that you're offering? And it was really a bad moment, because I confess, it became really hard for me afterwards to learn from him. Because I thought, OK, this kind of ridiculousness is like really bad. So Shalom Bayit became a buzzword between me and my friends. So whenever someone said something, forgive me, stupid, 
And someone would say, what? And we go, shalom bite, shalom bite. <laughs> and we'd all laugh, and that was it. That became our buzzword. Okay, now fast forward. I'm sitting and I'm learning with Rib Shlomo. And he says, why did I die me from the tree of knowledge? And I'm going, oh my God, please, the shalom bite business. I'm going to die if you go there. I remember, like, I'm thinking, I am going to die. You can't, you just go anywhere you want. Not there. And he goes, because Chava was afraid to die alone. After she ate from the tree of knowledge, she started to die. And she was afraid to die alone. So Adam said, I'll eat from the tree, and we'll die together. And inside I go, oh, shalom bayit. <laughs> so, so different, so other. And then after that, I remember my friends were together, and someone said, shalom bayit. I said, not so funny anymore. <laughs> Because now I heard, now when I heard Shalom Bayit, what I heard was Chava afraid to die alone, and Adam saying, "I'll die with you." That was love. That was love. So sometimes the Rav Miuchand is about saying it in a way that we can hear it. It may not be a difference in words. There's a mutuality here. There's a mutuality between Rav and Talmud. It may be, and I wonder what that looks like for someone to, right, you're, you're to be their Rav, but, you're not, but they're not your Talmud. Or to be someone's Talmud, but they're not your Rav. It's an interesting composition an interesting dance and an interesting way of walking in the world. I think it's possible. I think both are possible. But here, in the language of the Mishnah, that is how he wants to understand there's a mutuality in the relationship. So there is a unique element in this relationship between Rav and Talmud, between teachers and their disciples, between disciples and their teachers. And does that mean that we need to seek those people in our lives? I believe yes. And I believe also that what this paradigm is offering is we're Talmud in regard to one and we're Rav in regard to the other. There's a continuum here. So I also want to ask, so if you ask me, like, how do you find that person or these people in your life, right? One thing I want to say is, do, do they feed us in a way that we can then feed others? Because if they hold, have a hold on us in a way that we can to be independent, if they have a hold on us in a way that we can transmit to others, if they hold us in a way that we can be a link, and being a link means know where you come from and where you're going. Know where your Torah is coming from and where's your Torah going to go. So I want to say, if you ask, like, what are qualifications to figure out who this kind of person can be, is this a person who teaches you also or who you can learn from also how to then be able to transmit it? 
And that is how v'chen meshech ha-kabbalah, miyuchad ha-mekabel ela moser. There is this uniqueness. There's a compatibility. Right today, everything is about compatibility. And once you, like it's a generation old, then you have like a, a pile of PCs in your house. <laughs> a pile, excuse me, right, laptops. Excuse me, a pile of tablets. A pile of, right? But that's really what happens. <coughs> because they're not compatible. But I also want to say that some, we grow, and our teachers grow as well. And that's an also an important element to think about. Do we sometimes grow out of, or grow from, or grow sideways? <laughs> Does there come a point sometimes that we can't walk with our teacher? Or can the teacher say to a student, to a disciple, from here, right? Do they split? Do they walk a certain part of the way? And then say, Adkan, so far and no further. These are the questions. And if the Mishnah said, Moshe received Torah from Kadosh Baruch from the one and only, from the Holy Blessing be here. How many theologists just went into that one name? Hayam <laughs> mashma, <laughs> we would have understood, we would have heard, we would have understood, ki Moshe bifrat miyuchad lekabel min Hashemit barach. There's a compatibility that's only between Moshe and God. Vze eino, ki hu yidbarach eloki, the uniqueness of the divine is we are all godly compatible. What a notion. Teachers and students, some teachers and some students, some students and with the mass of the world, right? We can't say that we're, we're, we're tone deaf to God. We can't say we're soul deaf to God, or God doesn't understand us. Master World, if you only understood what I was saying, if you only knew how I felt, we are all, the uniqueness of the divine is, that we are all godly compatible. I am a godly compatible human being. Each one of us are a godly compatible human beings. What he does say is, Moshe kibel Torah mi Sinai. He knis baze Sinai. Ki bevadai Sinai miyuchad lekabalat Torah shel Moshe. We can talk about location. What was unique for Moshe was to receive Torah at, at Matan Torah, at Sinai. A place can be designated. So we can say, God reveals God's self to us. Each one of us has that place where. Think about when we talk about when did, when did I experience God for the first time? I know as a, as a way that sometimes people will 
will have that conversation. Although they say, when I'm in this location, some people it has to be the mountains. Some people it has to be the desert. Some people it has to be the ocean. Some people it has to be the forest. Sometimes it's one, this one piece of music that takes me. And what to one person sounds like a holy piece of music, to another person sounds not so much. So we do have a, I want to say we have a, a, a unique kli, a unique vessel, a unique amplifier that allows that revelation to happen. And does that mean that the Ribbon Shalom, the one and only, manifests each one of us differently? We receive differently? That, yes. But not that any one of us is not able and capable of receiving. And maybe that needs to be a piece of the journey. Another way to think about it is, um, the Baal Shem Tov will talk about this, but the Yitzhak talks about this, the Mahalai Naim talks about this, in terms of how God reveals God's self to us the multiple faces of the divine. And it can be that we're looking in the wrong place. It says, uh, he says it specifically on why before Yaakov leaves, Eretz Yisrael, it says, God reveals God's self to Yaakov, and he says, The God, I am the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Yitzchak. But doesn't say, it should have said, Yitzchak Avicha, right? It should have said, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Yitzchak, your father. But Yaakov is about to leave Eretz Yisrael. Yitzchak stayed in Eretz Yisrael. So God is saying, when you're outside of Israel, the God to look for is the God of Abraham. He'll show you. The God of Abraham is the one who is outside of Israel and you can be in relationship to. Because if you look for the God of Yitzchak, He's not there to help you. We each have a name. Kel, Rachum, Chanun, Erech, whether God is the God of judgment, the God of compassion, the God of a lengthy breath. Right? I'm sure of like if you're a trumpet player, the God of a lengthy breath is really... Which one is that? Mm-hmm. Which one is that one? Because uh. <laughs> it's right versus Kel, which is so easy. That's... That's complete grace. Like, you haven't said it, and you already said it. It takes 20 minutes just to say the words. So you have to have a lengthy breath to be able to say it. But this is the question. We need to find that place. We need to find our Sinai. And to also know what works for one doesn't work for the other. So maybe for one person, I remember in learning, I remember once coming to... uh, uh, learning this most beautiful teaching for me at the time um, of the um, of the Kajnitzer Magid and Yevodo Dile Ganovi Ochal Primigadav. It was such a, it's just, I felt like, just totally defined my relationship with God. And I remember coming into the Beit Nidrash and coming into Arizona, I said, Nikki, you have to learn this with me. Like, this is like the most amazing thing. Like, this is like beyond. And we sit there and we're learning, and it so did not talk to him. So did not talk to him. It was like, Nothing going on there. I'm like, how could you not see this? I'm like, not happening. Fast forward a years later, he says to me, he says, Feigelson, I was cleaning up my office, and I found this, this teaching from the, from the, from the uh, 
from the Koshnatzer Magid, this is like amazing. I said, uh-uh, way too late. <laughs> I said, now? Not interested in hearing. Not interested in sharing with you. Not interested in with you. Five years ago when I brought it to you and I thought it was like the most revolutionary talk that we've learned ever, you were like completely deaf to it. So now, not sharing the music. So timing, I also want to say at times can also be that. Like for me, that teaching was a Sinai moment. Was a Miram Kibla Torah. Right? I received the Torah of that Pasuk. And for him, at the time, nothing. But five years later, he found himself at that mountain. And all of a sudden, it sounded so completely different. So I also want to say the challenge is going to be maybe the mountain isn't our mountain today. But maybe in five years from now, maybe it will be our mountain. So if you've walked past the mountain once and it hasn't talked to you, I wouldn't necessarily disregard it for life. I think it's worthy at times to come back and visit the mountain. We don't know. We don't know. ולכך לא אמר משה קיבל תורה מפי הקדוש ברוך הוא, ואמר משה קיבל תורה מסיני, הכניס בזה סיני, כי בוודאי סיני מיוחד לקבלת התורה של משה. סיני was designated for משה receiving תורה. ולא היה ראוי שתינתן תורה כי אם מסיני למשה המקבל. That is ראוי, appropriate, fitting, compatible. Yes, but you know the truth of the matter is we all heard something very different. Right, but, but still, I thought, I, I was following his argument that for Moshe, the location of Sinai was what was unique. The question is going to be, what did we receive? What did we hear? So we're all sitting around this table now, and there are those who will be sitting wherever they're going to be sitting or driving, um, wherever they're going to be driving or exercising, wherever they're going to exercise and when they're hearing, hearing us here, right? And every person hears something different. But you know that if you really understand what is being said, then you hear it differently than everyone else. So I think for the Maharal, what he's saying is, and, and I think he wouldn't dispute what you're offering, we were all there. But what is it that we heard? So coming back for a moment to the, to the bag of carrots and the head of cabbage image that I often share, right? My aunt, may she rest in peace, she saw a head of cabbage and a bag of carrots. I saw a coleslaw. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's 3 o'clock, and she says, what's that? My mother walks out of the greengrocer, and, and I say, coleslaw. It's not that my eyes didn't see a bag of carrots and a head of cabbage. I saw a bag of carrots and a but because I know my mother, I knew that what I saw was coleslaw. And because my aunt, God bless her, wasn't a maven in the kitchen, what she saw was a bag of carrots and had a cabbage. And that's what she saw. So we both saw the same vision, but I saw coleslaw. She saw a bag of carrots and had a cabbage that doesn't, now, and it's not that she doesn't know. If you ask her, brilliant woman, if you ask her, how do you make coleslaw? Or what are, the, what are the ingredients of coleslaw? She could tell you cabbage and carrots and mayonnaise. But when seeing a head of cabbage and a bag of carrots, couldn't, didn't translate it into coleslaw. So that, for me, is the 
Kosla is my Sinai. <laughs> That's how I understand the, the image. Of we're all standing there together. But the uniqueness of what we heard and what we saw. The individuality of what that transmission was. And I think we can even understand it figuratively. What does it mean that Moshe was on the peak of the mountain versus the, all of us at the bottom of the mountain? So how that influences our vision and our perspective and what we see and what we can't see and what we do see. And who do we see? So there is a transmitter of the wisdom, and there's also, I want to say there's a time and a place. And it's really important to hold on to that. Because sometimes it's the time, but it's not the place. And sometimes it's the place, and it's not the time. That's what I call Gehenom. That's hell. And when it's the time and the place, when the wisdom comes, in the right time, in the right moment, the right words, that's heaven. That's Gan Eden. Right? When you know this piece of information, this piece of wisdom, this piece of Torah, the right, the right piece of knowledge, at the right time, in the right way, there's nothing holier than that moment. There isn't. And sometimes you say, oh, if I only knew that 10 years ago, Right? I only knew that 10 years ago. If this sentence walked by me 10 years ago, my life would have been different the last 10 years. Now, that's also making a judgment, whether that's for good or for not. And that's a judgment to think that our life could have been better. I don't know what that means. It would have been other. I don't know if it would have been better. It would have been other. But we have a, there's a moment where we have that feeling. We have that sensation, if I only knew that. <coughs> Right? Or what I, you know, what I said at Sudash Tashit on Shabbat. When that phone rang 19 years ago and I thought my life was over, because uh, I didn't know that there would be a, clear, a vessel to receive everything that, that went into that phone call, saying that Urshlam was no longer in the world. But had I known, then I would have received the phone call differently. So these are all ways in which revelation gets very personal. <laughs> and it gets very specific. Even how we share the concert. Right? One person will say, okay, that concert was so boring. They sang all, this, all their old songs. And someone will say, oh my god, that concert was so awesome. They sang all their own songs. I didn't come to hear the new stuff. I came to hear what I know and what I remember hearing, because I want to connect to those emotions that I felt when I was 16 and heard Carol King sing, Will I Still Love You Tomorrow? Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow? Right, that's the... So I was at a concert of Carol King's in the Hollywood Bowl, and... Um, and um, at the end, one or, she did two encores. I don't remember the, the first one, but the second encore was, um, you have a friend. 
And there are certain things like I would have never thought to do in my life and definitely not in a closed hall, but somehow Hollywood Bowl, it's open, right? I look at my watch, it's 10 p.m., which I, Thursday night, which I know in Israel is 8 in the morning. And the reason I know Carol King <laughs> is because when we made Aliyah, um, we lived in two separate rooms in the Ma'on Olim, um, in Batyam, in Batyam, I should say, for a year and a half, which meant that my biological sibling, my brother and I, we spent a year and a half in the same room with the television, with the tape, with the, with the um, record player, sorry, record players, right? Just dated myself. That was like the family room. Like my parents' room was their private bedroom, and my brother and I were in the family room. Okay, so I heard a lot of Carol King. So she starts singing, you have a friend, and I look at my watch, and I, and I call him in Israel, because I know I'll be waking up Friday morning, and I hear, <laughs> and all I go is, Carol King live, listen, and I just hold it up. Because I wanted to come back to that Sinai. Right? I wanted to go back to that room where we shared for a year and a half and where I learned Carol King and where we actually stood together. Designated. A place is designated. And wisdom is designated. Timing designated. Who the person is, designated. Same words, different time. Same words, different person. So yes, he is saying that qualitatively Moshe received something different at Sinai. But as I said, I think he also stood different in a different place. We'll end with this. Moshe קיבל תורה מסיני, שלא יוחד הקדוש ברוך הוא לנותן אל משה בפרט, שהוא יתברך משפיע חוכמה אל כל הנמצאים. Okay, so it's not that God uniquely speaks to Moshe differently than the rest of us, but God draws, pours upon us God's wisdom to all those present. אל כל הנמצאים, to all those that were present at Matan Torah, that were present at Sinai. ובכל יום ויום אנו אומרים וער איננו בתורותיך. Every day we say, enlighten us. Open our eyes to your Torah. And therefore we can't say, oh, God only talked to Moshe Rabbeinu. I never received it. Not there. No, sorry. What was unique to Moshe was Har Sinai. That for him, you're going to say, any mountain? No. In order for Moshe Rabbeinu to be Moshe Rabbeinu, it had to be that mountain. It had to be Sinai. The Sinai was the same as the Torah, but it was definitely the same as the Torah, but it was not the same Yes, the transmission from Moshe to receive it at Sinai, but not God's transmission to different than anyone else. We all receive Torah. And if Moshe didn't receive the Torah, it would have been someone else. As it says in the Gemara, Right? You have to love, you have to love that Gemara.
Theoretically. It could have been someone else. But there's a uniqueness between Moshe and Har Sinai that received Torah in a way which could not be other. And that I think we also do have. A place, a location, a person, an outlet that speaks differently and that we hear differently. So therefore, Mishnah can't say Moshe kibbal Torah Hashem. Moshe received Torah from God, because we all did. But Moshe's designated place is Sinai. Think about those places where we go to when we need to be fed, when we need to be heard, when we need to be seen, when we need comfort. The books that we go back to, the people we go back to calling. Those, that is our, those are our mekumot miyuchadim. Those are our designated places. So I bless us all as we go through this week that we know that we have those mekumot miyuchadim. We know that we have those designated places. We have those designated people in our lives. We have the designated wisdom, all those elements that keep us alive and keep us going and keep us who we are and remind us of who we are if we, God forbid, get lost. We have those places, those mekumot miyuchadim to go back to. This podcast is supported in part by a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Joey Weisenberg and the Hadar Ensemble. Learn more at risingsong.org. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.